Hello, I'm Lisa Hilton, and I'm here to brighten your day. Each episode, I'll share three things that have brightened my day. It might be something I just learned. It might be a new kitchen gadget I discovered, or it might be a new bottle of wine I uncorked. Then I'll invite a guest to share three things that have brightened their day. Our brains on positive are happier, less stressed, and more productive. Together, we're going to start a ripple of positivity that will spread. Let's go make some waves. Hi, friends. Lisa here. For Season 2, I'm focusing on energy and things that positively increase our energy. The heliotropic effect states that all living systems are inclined toward or attracted to that which is life-giving. So I'm inviting guests who provide this positive life-giving energy for me. My guest today is Murray McNeil. Murray and I met when I started a book club at work. I was drawn to Murray because he loved movies and music and books just like me, and he was a great thinker and would always have interesting things to share. When I thought about my final podcast of the year, Murray immediately came to mind, and I'm so interested to hear what has brightened his year. We'll get to hear from Murray in a minute. We are coming to the end of 2021, and what a year it has been. The first thing that I would say has brightened my year is reflecting on the song Seasons of Love from the musical Rent. You might remember that really catchy tune, 525,600 minutes. How do you measure, measure a year? Well, here's the song paraphrased, 525,600 minutes, 525,000 moments so dear, 525,600 minutes, how do you measure, measure a year? In daylights, in sunsets, in midnights, in cups of coffee, in inches, in miles, in laughter, in strife. In 525,600 minutes, how do you measure a year in the life? How about love? Measure in love. Remember the love. Measure in love. When I think back on all the love I've experienced this year, I'm going to need a longer tape measurer. The second thing that has brightened my day is snow. Here in the Mid-Willamette Valley, we got the day after White Christmas, and boy, did we ever. The snow started falling on Christmas night, and when we woke up the next morning, it was a whiteout. I love fresh fallen snow. It's fluffy white, it blankets everything that was dirty, and it makes everything look just like it got sifted with powdered sugar. In our case, a lot of powdered sugar. My daughter was not deterred. The next morning, she leaned out her window to the roof below and put a few scoopfuls of fresh snow in a bowl and then ran downstairs and added some crystal light to her snow and told me she was having shave ice, Oregon style. Of course, with the snow comes a little fear and anxiety about how will I get to the grocery store or work or will places be open? But you know what? It also gives us an excuse to stay inside, take it easy, count our blessings, and watch some football. 
The third thing that has brightened my day is the six-year calendar. I learned about this goal-setting and visioning plan from Paul Egbert, who you might remember was my very first guest on this podcast. This is a great exercise to do. Here's how. Select six sheets of paper for the six different years. Label each paper with a year, 2022, 2023, etc. Make a horizontal and vertical line creating four quadrants. Label the four quadrants starting with spring in the top left corner, summer in the top right, fall in the bottom left, and winter in the bottom right. Begin populating in the near years and challenge yourself to put something in each quadrant. Make it fun. Use colored pencils or sketches or diagrams, even pictures. Add to it as you get an idea, impulse, or longing. Your plan can include the simple, the practical, the audacious, and the fantastic. So ask yourself, what's possible? Go bold. Consult your purpose and core values. Ask yourself, what are your intentions, interests? What is your heart telling you to do? Where does one idea follow another? So for example, if you want to go to France in 2024, Maybe you're going to start learning conversational French in 2022. So have fun with your six-year calendar. Go ahead. Be exciting. Be bold. Go to the Galapagos. Do what it is you want to do. And then each year, check what happened, revise, and continue to build out another year. Good luck and Happy New Year. My guest today is Murray McNeil. Murray is a contract assistant within the facilities department of the state's enterprise asset management division. He is a man about town, a man of the moment and citizen of the world. Murray and I have enjoyed a friendship that spans discussing movies, TV shows, books, music, and so much more. I'm always interested in what Murray's watching or discovering in life. I'm pretty sure my world is larger because of Murray. I'm thrilled to have him as my last guest of 2021. Welcome, Murray. Oh, hi. The last guest of 2021. That's quite a thing. Since we're kind of doing the New Year's Eve episode, let's have a little year in review, Murray style. Are you ready to play a game with me? (laughs) Okay. So here's a hypothetical. If you were stranded on an island, and you could only take one movie, one TV show, and one album from 2021, what would they be? For the movie, there's a movie that I just saw a week or so ago called Come On, Come On, and it's a Mike Mills film. It's got Joaquin Phoenix in it, and he's someone that does podcasts, by the way, and he's going around the country, and he's taking podcast questions to children to see how they feel about the future and so forth. And it turns out that his sister, she has a son, and the father of the son is having all kinds of problems, and she needs to leave the boy with Joaquin Phoenix, and he's never taken care of a child before. He thinks he knows a lot about children, he's interviewing them all the time, but literally dealing with one as a sort of father kind of figure is very hard. You know, Joaquin Phoenix, he's one of those actors that can go really deep in 
a story. I would say that that sounds like a pretty good movie to take to the island. I love that he's a podcaster. I'm going to have to put that one on my list. What's your TV show you'd take? I really liked uh, The Queen's Gambit mm. because I could maybe even um, learn how to play chess. If I set up some little chess board in the sand and played with one of the crabs or something, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so growing up, that is one of the things that my dad had my brother and I learned to play. I remember we would go to, I guess you call it chess class or chess lesson. I'm not sure, but I learned some moves. I learned some fancy little tricks you can do, like the castle move and um, chess. I love to pick up it every now and then. When they tell me something like, well, you have 280,000 possible moves here, that's just my brain can't deal with that. So I've always run away from chess. I say that just like life, one play at a time. And yeah. that's all you got to worry about. All right. What's the album from 2021 you would take? I am a huge ABBA fan. Yes. And so I, from my early days with ABBA, I used to have a, a stand-up, a cardboard stand-up that was not quite life-size, but shoulder-size. And I used to have that in my room. So, yeah, they just put an album out, and I only heard it once, but I really did enjoy listening to it the one time. I know that the voices aren't quite up to what they used to be, but yeah. it's kind of old school, the way it's produced and everything, but that's a little nostalgic for me, too. So, yeah, I'd probably take the new ABBA, ABBA album. I, I love can't it. remember the title right now, even. so. Well, I'm an ABBA nerd right there with you, and it's called Voyage. Voyage, yes. It sounds like you would be well-equipped on your island. I've way digressed. I really want to hear about the things that have brightened your day lately. You know, I mean, I just chose the three things that I focus on every day in some way or other. And so the first one is music and it's music slash dance. I have to do that because they're inseparable to me. When I was four, I was really starting to get into the music thing, listening to 45s that my cousin, older cousins had turned me on to on the radio and I would go down and start buying 45 records. And, you know, my mother always said that the only reason I learned how to walk was so I could get up and dance. So that was just kind of something I've always done. I danced all the way through, you know, up into the college where I went into college as a science major. But my actual intention was to be a dance major. Wow. So it was, I took it fairly seriously until I got into the dance classes and I found out I didn't really like the, the dance classes. I just didn't like the structure and, Anyways, all kinds of things about that. But so I was very deep into that whole thing. And, you know, I started working with in record stores right out of high school. My parents wouldn't let me get a job during high school. Otherwise, I would have started earlier and I worked at a concert club for eight years. It's just a whole thing. I have thousands of records. Oh, wow. It's just been kind of a lifetime thing. So, you know, and it, it just brings me so much joy. I was watching this film on the Velvet Underground. It had a quote from Charles Baudelaire. He's a French poet, and it, he wrote that music fathoms the sky. Something about music is so much greater than you are, in a sense. I mean, it's just, you know, every person in every culture not only sees the sky, but they all have music in it. It's something that's just such a huge thing, and it, it's the only thing that can fathom your feelings, in a sense, in some way, is music. Yeah. It's a joy, but it can transport transform, transcend. I mean, <laughs> I don't know if there's any other trans words I can get in there, but it really does. I, I agree. So what's the second thing that's brightened your day? Film. Everyone kind of zeroes in on film, but it became kind of a bigger thing for me. And I have 
over 3,000 movies, and I listen to 10 or so different podcasts. I read all kinds of film magazines and so forth. And I always try to point out because people think, you know, oh, you, you think you know so much about film. But the truth is that the more that I learn, the more I realize I don't know. It's just it's just scary listening to some of these podcasts and so forth. It's, it's incredible. But I do know a lot about film. So that's part of my thing. It's worldwide. I watch films in every language. I can tell you about great directors, great films from basically any country that's ever produced them. So yeah. I have another quote for you. Oh, oh, good. There's another thing that came across. I wasn't searching for these. This is just since you asked me to do this podcast. <laughs> I saw this one. And I thought, oh, my gosh, here we go. And this is from a guy named Igmar Bergman. He's a Swedish film director. He writes, film as dream, film as music. No art passes our conscience in the way film does and gets directly to our feelings deep down into the darkness of our souls. I think that film is a way to, for me to find myself and become an empathetic person and so forth. So throughout my life, that's just one way that I can, it's a self-discovery thing. So self-discovery is joyful, even though, as Bergman says, it's, you know, you're going into dark rooms. Of your soul sometimes so it's not always an easy place to go but that's where you find all the joys too you know and yeah. you gotta find all the joy and you gotta find everything about yourself yeah. and other people yeah it's really true i was just having an experience just recently watching a movie where i had this intense feeling of something i wanted to do once the movie was over and i still hope that i fulfill what i said i was going to do to myself but <laughs> <laughs> But you know, the thing that's fascinating, Murray, is in the moment, like in those depths of my soul and what I knew I wanted to do, what I knew I needed to do and sort of that I'm going to be a better person. You know, then the movie's over, the credits roll. I closed my laptop, went to go get my daughter, Aria, from school. And it was amazing to me how quickly the thought went away. And I, I think that the magic or the challenge is to hold on to some of those things that get revealed. Have you found a trick or a hack or <laughs> a way to keep the momentum from some of these powerful messages that are in the films? I do blog about them in a sense. And so I write them. Everything I watch, I write down in a log and I get back to it. I'm kind of in a problem right now because I'm over two months out mm-hmm. and I would like to return back to a film about two weeks out. So it's time to get down to my subconscious and sort of play around in there. And so I, I'm surprised about things that I think about and see when I'm rewriting about it. That's always a way to, to discover those things because you can write down a little note. You can have a pad. Yeah. You know, I used to do a lot of writing. I used to have a, a little notepad and I would just write down something in my head when I was watching or listening to something to go back and look at later, hoping that I could write about it or think about it or something. You know, that's really powerful. Writing stuff down. It's simple and it's one way where you can go back to it and revisit it and think on it again. Note to self, write it down. <laughs> in the new year, <laughs> I will. Phone. On your phone, you've got that little note thing, I'm sure, on your phone. Oh, yeah. And I, yes, it's funny that you would say that. I have used that many times and it's helped me capture thoughts before they went away. Okay. What's the yeah. third thing that's brightened your day? Well, the third thing is the controversial one in a way our dear beloved Facebook. Oh. So you see me on it. I use it every day, it's my playground. And so I'm always posting photos, I'm posting ideas, I'm posting my film blogs, reviews there. So people respond to those and talk to me about them. I do throw some political stuff on there. 
can get, you know, obviously I have a certain political point of view, but I don't use, this is the important thing because there's a lot about, you know, certain QAnons, all these sorts of people that are using this to follow rabbit holes down in the algorithms that are there supposedly attracting people in these directions. But I have never followed a rabbit hole. I have people that I meet. I become friends with them. I look at their posts. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they might have a music band that they want me to like or business that they run, which I don't like to be a part of that, but I support them anyways. But, you know, yeah. I don't know why or how these people are going down these pitfalls and joining weird clans. I just have no interest in that. That's right. not what Facebook's about to me. It's the actual original idea of having this sort of town, town, not really town hall, but just sort of a place like a park where you can go and visit your friends and people during the day and find out what they're doing. And of course, mm-hmm. geographically, I live a thousand miles from where I grew up and so forth. I have friends that have migrated across the country. I would never have contact with these people mm-hmm. if I didn't have Facebook. And I'm yeah. constantly in, you know, going through things with them, looking at what's going on in their lives and so forth. So yeah. I love Facebook. I use it as a playground. It's a lot of fun for me. I love visiting your playground. And one thing that you forgot to mention that I really love watching are your new shoes. Those are a big oh, hit. <laughs> well, I mean, if we, if we get a follow-up, shoes would probably definitely be on there. I, have, I got my 33rd pair today in the mail. And so that's kind of scary in a way. Well, the, the 33 in six months because <laughs> uh, I decided I was going to go into fun feet. So a lot of people have suggested interventions and some people won't even comment on the shoes anymore. For me, it's a lot of fun. I'm having a lot of fun with shoes. Well, the most recent pair I really loved were, I don't even know the color. Was it fuchsia? Was it purple? The, it, they look like fuchsia snakeskin booties or alligator booties. Well, those, yeah, those are kind of burgundy color. Oh, burgundy. Okay. Oh, they look Yeah, fabulous. kind of burgundy. Yeah, they're kind of, yeah. And I got the ones today that have the Scottish plaid on them, which is, I'm a McNeil. And so these are like oxfords with Scottish plot on them. So I love I'm it. Go out there and kind of do some stylish jig dancing. There's more <laughs> dancing for you to go out there and see if I can find some Scottish not bagpipes. That's one music I'm not particularly thrilled about. But, yeah. No, yeah, they're they're not my favorite either. Well, <laughs> this was so much fun, Murray. I'm so thrilled that I could end the year with you as my guest. And uh you've given me some things to think about in the new year even some New Year's resolutions to put down. <laughs> I want to wish you a happy new year to good health and many more adventures and successes and great film reviews I know are coming from you and I can't wait to read them and thank you for being a guest on my podcast and brightening my day well it was a pleasure you brightened my day too thank you for tuning in to brighten your day to be a guest on my podcast email me at hiltonlisab at gmail.com that's Hilton with a Y Special thanks to Clark Hilton for post-production and special thanks to Chris Jones for composing the theme song.